0: This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Right, so seeing the invisible God, um, or you could paraphrase that to say how God reveals himself, and, and it's it's an interesting thing to look at through through the scriptures and, and in a in a funny sort of way i 'm um, not sure the way as christadelphians we see this it's actually quite unique i don 't know any any other denomination who who has, has spotted this if I can put it that way so we'll go through anyway and 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 see what what uh, we can find so first off um, we could look at ...how God shows himself through creation. So we get a verse like that in Romans chapter 1... ...which tells us um, about God... ...for what has been known about God is plain to them... ...because God has shown it to them... ...for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature... ...have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world... ...in the things that have been made, so they're without excuse. So we could look at it in terms of creation... ...and look at the, the wonders of creation and see that... well. It's only really reasonable to say that there is a creator. Uh, and, and that's a, a true thing. But it's not what I want to look at today. Um, and that's for a, maybe for another night. Um, another point that, that's quite important to make. And we could look at it this way. Um, and I suppose in a sense this is what we are going to do. Um, in the sense that scripture itself, the Bible. Which is, is more specific than looking at creation. Because it tells you about God and what God is about. that that all scripture is breathed out by God or inspired by God Uh, and so in a sense opening up your Bible not in a sense in actuality opening up in a Bible and reading about God tells us about what he's like so so maybe we can't see God but we can learn about God from the the message that he's given And, and that's sort of what we're going to do tonight but we're going to be a little bit more specific about that and hopefully you'll see as we go along so one thing that the Bible is very clear about is that no one has ever seen God or can see God so so God is invisible to us one way or another whether that's because we we just can't see him anyway or whether it's if he came to the earth now and, and, and appeared in full presence we just couldn't survive it we, we're not capable of that um, but the truth is we, we cannot no one has seen God at any time. And there's a few verses that cover that. Um, I'm not going to go through them all um, in any great detail, but Exodus 33 um, tells us, actually in the same chapter that it says Moses spoke face to face with God. Um, God actually said, yeah, but you can't see my face and live. And that sounds like a paradox, a a mistake almost, but we'll see how that works later on. Um, Also, when the people were at Mount Sinai, they God spoke to them, but they, they couldn't see His form. In other words, they heard a voice, but they couldn't see. They didn't see God. In in the New Testament, the um, the Apostle Paul tells us this. Um, that t- describes God this way, if you like. That He is immortal, He is invisible, and He is the only God. Um, again, um, in First Timothy, he talks about God who dwells in unapproachable light, who no one has ever seen or can see, uh, and little sections, they're slightly out of context, but the the truth is the same. He describes God as the invisible God or him who is invisible. You cannot see God. And the Bible's very clear about that. If we go to the, the Apostle John and his his writings, he says the same sort of thing. In John one verse eighteen he says, No one has ever seen God. Again later on he says his voice you've never heard this is jesus talking to the people his voice you've never heard his form you have never seen Um, later on in john not that anyone has seen the father says jesus except he who is from god he has seen the father that's actually john's comment on what jesus said Uh, and and jesus by that time had risen from the dead and and gone to heaven so he'd seen the father um, but no one else and again in John's letters, no one has seen God at any time. How can you... It's quite an important thing, this, isn't it? If, how can you say, I love God, and yet hate your brother, who you have seen, when you you can't say that and then say you love God, who you haven't seen? It just doesn't add up, is what John's saying. But the principle is there, just the same. The interesting thing is, though, that when um, when you see verses like that, they're absolutely clear And yet there are occasions when people appear to have seen God. A few examples. Jacob, when he, well actually, pretty much tells you what the answer is there, but he wrestles with an angel. And he says, I've seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Um, There's another example which is actually picked up in um, Acts chapter 7, where... Moses and uh, Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and 70 elders go up into the mountain uh, at at Sinai and and they describe it as seeing the God of Israel. They saw God and they ate and they drank. So they saw something that they perceived as God uh, and and we'll see hopefully what that is. Um, Exodus 33, I already mentioned that. Moses spoke to God face to face. He went outside the camp into a tent and there he spoke with God face to face as the man speaks with his friend it says uh, Deuteronomy similar sort of words often associated with fire as well interestingly um, we have seen this day that God speaks with man yet he still lives um, Manoah and his wife so they were the parents of um, Samson um, and, and that kind of explains itself as well in a sense because that's an angel that comes um, and they don't realise until he he goes, he goes up to heaven in a fire. Uh, and Manoah's wife was somewhat brighter, if I can put it that way. It's certainly cleverer than he, her husband, Manoah. Because he was, oh, surely we're going to die because we've seen God. And she says, well, hang on. He's just given us a promise of a son uh, and all these things. We're not going to die, are we? That, that's why he came. So she had a bit more presence of mind than he had. Um, and Isaiah, this is in a, in a um, I was going to say a dream, in a vision, um, uh, and he he again formed my eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts so there are examples in various different forms where people have seen God and maybe some are easier to understand than others so what did they actually see when they saw God because we've already seen that the bible is very clear that no one has seen God at any time so what was going on and to explain that we're going to uh, look at one example, and that example is from Moses and the burning bush, and that's in Exodus chapter 3. We're just going to have that read for us now. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 15, I think we said
1: so. So reading from Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of Yahweh appeared unto him in a flame of fire, out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see... God called unto him, out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place uh, whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And Yahweh said, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee, that I have sent thee. And when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers have sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, have sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, Yahweh the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, have sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations.
0: So, hopefully, well, we'll go through it now and think about what's actually said there, because it's quite obvious, isn't it this this is the point where God tells Moses what his name is and what it means um when when Moses asks what his name is, God tells him what his name is but but it was an angel who appeared to him in the bush that's interesting, isn't it and, and that that's really the explanation of understanding how how certainly in the Old Testament God revealed himself to people here God came or or actually an angel came in the bush and, and it was quite a thing because he's looking at and bushes burn quite often in the desert I'm sure but this bush wasn't being consumed at all even though it was full of fire so we we told that it was an angel in the bush and yet from then forward it's described as if it's God that angel. It says God called him from the midst of the bush. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And and obviously Moses was afraid and hid his face. Um, and and we we get f- further descriptions of that. But actually, when we we can confirm in the New Testament the same thing happens, or, or talking about the same event, should I say? Um, it, it describes the same event and tells us that an angel appeared to Moses in the wilderness of, of Mount Sinai. Um, and it talks about the angel who appeared to him in the bush. So the New Testament's is confirming what the Old Testament said. But the point being that, that when God appeared to him, and it appeared as if it was God to him, and the angel spoke as if he was God, and used God's name as we, we heard in that reading... Um, it was where it says, "Lord," it, it, it described it as Yahweh, and that's the original word, and that's that's exactly what how he spoke to him as as who he was. That angel appeared as if he was God, and 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 appeared before Moses in that way, uh, and that's to spot that actually. Like I say, I, I'm not sure whether that's unique to the Christadelphians or not, but it's it's a really important thing to understand. Because you understand how God reveals himself, how God shows himself. He's invisible to us. We can't see him directly, but he reveals himself through, through other beings, in this case, the angels. But it's not just the angels that, that, that do that. People can do it as well. Uh, and we get that example actually later on um, in Exodus chapter 7 with Moses um, in fact later on in Exodus chapter 4 as well as you can see on the screen you, you get the two points and it, it talks about um, Moses, well Moses didn't really want to go back to Israel and he did really didn't want, he want to, He basically says to God just send somebody else not me, I'm not up to the job uh, and it, it says then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, is not Aaron your brother coming he will speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him. So so Moses' job in a way was to represent God before the people and you, and certainly before Pharaoh that is the case because we have it there in chapter 7 the Lord says to Moses see I have made you like God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet And and actually when you see what happened that was absolutely true Moses came and said let children of Israel go that they may worship the Lord and Pharaoh said well no and and Moses said well this plague will come upon you and, and Aaron assisted him in that and it happened and to Pharaoh Moses was like God because he was doing the work of God he was, he was he was doing what God wanted to be done and that's what Moses did and it was quite a very powerful thing so Just to summarise so far. Just thinking about the angel first. um, An angel may speak God's words. Which is exactly what we saw in that reading. They may speak as though God is speaking. Which is exactly what the angel did when we read through that. They use God's name or titles. Well I don't think there's a more obvious place in the Old Testament that shows us that. Um, They act on God's behalf. Which very much they do. and, And they did there. And they're described as God in the narrative as well, and they appear to convey the presence of God, and all those things at the burning bush were true but it's not it's not just that one passage it 's throughout the old testament and, and particularly in the time of the exodus um, but but very much beyond that as well. Angels come and they show they act as if they are God in that sense, they are god 's messengers but so much so that they, they take on the name of God and display it to men and women and the things that they say and do. Um, we, as Christadelphians, call it God-manifestation, um, which maybe is a bit of a mouthful, I'm not sure, but and certainly maybe it's jargon, but it is actually it does come from a verse in the New Testament, that idea. Um, but it, it's the case of seeing the form of God, um, if you like. Um... And there's an example of how Moses was to carry that on and, and those prophets after him as well as, as we've sort of seen in the previous slide. So so in Deuteronomy chapter 18 we get this, this verse where it talks about and it's in the context of don't listen to all the mumbo jumbo of the wizards and the, the, the necromancers and all those sorts of people and the um, fortune tellers in the land that you're going to go to. If God speaks it'll be like this. I will raise up for them a prophet like you, like Moses, from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he will speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. So God is saying that, well, after Moses, there will be prophets and they will speak in his name. And they will use the words of God in the things that they say. And that's precisely what happened. Um so there's a couple of examples of verses that cover that just to to get the idea across in the New Testament looking back to the Old Testament and thinking of those prophets it tells us this knowing this first of all that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man so it's not about people making it up this comes from God but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit so it was the power of God that, that guided them and showed them what to say and you get an example of that um, from a prophet There's just one example there is plenty of others um, Jeremiah is a good example um, but, but this one in Amos where he says is a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it for the Lord does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants the prophets the lion has roared who, can, can, who will not fear the Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy, so that was Amos's experience he He would say, "This is what God says, thus says the Lord and then and then explain what these things were and and some other prophecy were about events that were to come to, and it validated what He would say because it had to be from God because he he taught things that were that well, how would you know it was going to happen unless God was with him?" Uh, and these things would come to pass and then you would listen to his message which was a really important bit so that we we change it and, and do as God asked us to do so that the prophet was moved along by what God asked him to say so God revealed himself through those prophets as well so he did it through angels and he did it through people as well a, sorry it's a bit stereotypical that picture of a prophet really but anyway um, so We've seen this already um, in Deuteronomy. I will put my words in his mouth. That's, that's quite an important to think, thing to think about. Here's an example of a prophet. This was David, actually. David the king, who was also a prophet. He says, The Spirit of the Lord speaks by, by me. His word is on my tongue. And that was his experience. When he wrote the Psalms and when he spoke, those are the things that, that moved him to say, what he did, he knew it wasn't his own words. He knew that they came from God, and he acknowledged that as well. He didn't claim it to himself. Um, here's another example in Acts, in Acts chapter three, uh, speaking to the people, we're told God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that this Christ would suffer, that His Christ would suffer. So, so, so the message there was: look at Jesus, who was crucified and raised from the dead. Well, you can look in the Old Testament and it tells you about that. So this must have been from God. Until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets. So these men spoke the words of God. And they were to be listened to. Because God God was speaking through them. There's a, an example for our day. Just in case you're wondering at the detail. This is in Je- Jeremiah chapter 16 where it says therefore behold the days are coming declares the lord when it shall no longer be said as the lord lives who brought up the children out of out of israel out of the land of egypt and and that's what used to be said certainly the passover is one of those things that covers that but but that's what used to be said particularly well, there's an example of jericho when um, rahab saw the spies come in and she said we've seen what's happened we, you know, we're all terrified about what's happened because we've seen how he came out of Egypt well this is what, what would happen now what happens in our day actually but as the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel out of the north country and out of all the countries where he has driven them for I will bring them back to their own land that I give to their fathers and we live in that time we can see that Jeremiah was speaking the words of God because his prophecies come true and we can see it because Israel as a nation are in that land. People want to call it Palestine and not Israel and all sorts of things and people don't like the fact that they're there often but they're there because that's what God prophesied and and it shows that God is speaking and you can see God in that sense, you can hear God through those prophets. Another example for the Old Testament, really, now, not not the New Testament, but for the Old Testament, the priests who stood before the altar and the priests who went in, the high priest who went in once a year into the tabernacle or the temple, um, this was what they were were to do. For the lips of the priest should guard knowledge and the people should seek instruction from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. The point being that angels would represent God and very powerfully but people could do it too or should do it Um, in the case of Malachi um, this was what they should have been doing and not necessarily what they were doing but even so they were to be the messenger of the Lord of hosts so people can show God to other people um, in what they say but in what they do as well in their their attitude has got to follow You you can't say one thing and do another let's put it that way and thinking about that Jesus is the perfect example of that Jesus is the one who is described as the express image of God what Jesus did and what Jesus said shows you what God is like even though he was a man so some things about, about, about Jesus and what he did one of the things obviously he spoke the word of God um, and, and he described it that way as well a um, lot of these are in John um, but, but that's the point of what John's getting at in, that's, that's why he shows us the things he shows us so here was Jesus he says, he whom God has sent utters the word of God and, and, and that's what Jesus did so Jesus answered them my teaching is not mine but he's who sent me and he's talking about his father he's talking about God I do nothing on my own authority but speak just as my father taught me. I say as the father has told me. The word that you hear is not mine but the father's who sent me. So here is Jesus saying he doesn't speak on his own authority. He speaks the words of God. And they for us to listen and take on board. What about God's name? Did Jesus take on God's name? Well actually before his resurrection no he isn't given God's name before his resurrection but after his resurrection it describes him as having a name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and in heaven and on earth and under the earth so it's a description of the glorified Jesus not not Jesus before his death and resurrection and particularly his resurrection but even so he does take on that, that um, nature and, and in, in Hebrews it tells us something quite important I think that having become much superior to the angels as the as name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs so the example that Jesus showed was more powerful to show us what God is like than the angels even though Jesus was a man and, and was glorified by God Because he kept the will of God perfectly, what he did showed us what God is like. And the compassion that he showed, and the love that he showed, and even the anger that he showed that those those who hated God were all things of God that Jesus showed us. Did he act on God's behalf? Well, in a sense he did, and there's a good example. If you want to turn it up, Matthew chapter 9 just so we get the context it's, uh, it's a miracle that Jesus performed and in this case it was a miracle where Jesus um, well, it tells us that, and behold some brought to him a, a paralytic lying on a bed and when Jesus saw their faith he said to the paralytic take heart my son your sins are forgiven so, so here's an example of, of a par- not a parable of a miracle uh, where Jesus is brought a man. He's obviously paralysed. They've obviously brought him because he he wants to walk. He wants to be healed. And Jesus says to him, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Why does he say that? Well, that's what they, exactly what they asked in, in the parable. Why does? Why would he say something like that? Uh, and you, um, you, you get that in verse 3. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves... This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their hearts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Take up your bed and go home. And he rose and went home. And when the crowd saw it, they were afraid. And they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. So here was Jesus given authority by God to forgive sins. That's quite something, actually, isn't it? When you think about it, and here was was Jesus, in a sense, acting on God's behalf and and being able to forgive sins. Some people I've heard it said, "Well, only God can forgive sins." Well, that's true, but God can give the authority to someone else to forgive sins as God gives the authority to Jesus to judge as well uh, which we see in other passages here it, it makes it very clear that, that God gave Jesus the authority to forgive sins and and we get sort of a, a feel for that as well in, in that quote underneath from John where it says I can do nothing on my own I hear as I hear I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will but the will of him who sent me. So here Jesus, in what he does, shows us what God is like. Uh, and no other man did it like Jesus. No one. He was perfect at it. Incredible. Um, if you want to turn to this as well, John chapter 1. here again we, we get an example and I, and I don't want to go into great detail with it but but you get the, the principle really of, of how Jesus uh, and this beginning of this, this well book I was going to say chapter but the beginning of the book describes definitely that way how God was revealed in Jesus and he, he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God and so on so you, you get this introduction of God and the fact that Jesus was in the mind of God at the beginning in in the word in the in the first thing God said if you look at um if you look at Genesis chapter one and you put all the chapters on top of each other all the verses sorry, on top of each other, the beginning nearly every verse says and God said because God created the world in that way by by the the, the word that he said and and the point being part of that was that the Lord Jesus was in that that God said at the beginning. It was all part of God's plan. uh, And you get that at the beginning. Of of John. And then later on. uh, Verse 14 I think it is. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory is the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. So all those things we saw that Jesus was prophesied. In the Old Testament. You can look at the Old Testament and read all about Jesus. And hear John saying. Well here he is. It's not words anymore it's Jesus in the flesh and he dwells among us and we have seen him the glorious of the only son from the father full of grace and truth and then in verse 17 it tells us for the law was given through Moses grace and truth came through Jesus Christ no one has ever seen God the only son who is at the father's side he has made him known and that that verse summarizes it really you know no one has ever seen God Jesus cannot be God because lots of people would have seen God, but Jesus made him known to us the Son of God shows us what the Father is like because he did the will of God, always did the will of God. Now the idea of the the image of God as well um, in that is is also something that that's described Jesus is described as he says himself, "Whoever has seen me has seen the Father." Um, in some of the letters in the New Testament describes Jesus as the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God it, it, it never describes him as, as God himself but as the image of God you can, it's like well maybe my I could say my son somebody might say my son's the image of me um, which means he's a very lucky boy if he's his image of me of course maybe but, but you see the point don't you He's, he is I think they probably disagree with that, but that 's another thing but in in the case of jesus he doesn 't just it 's not that he looks like God in his in his face or it 's you can see it in his character he is the image of God he is the image of the invisible God, and that says it all really you can 't see God, God is the invisible god that 's one of those things we sort of took out of vaguely out of context right at the beginning but here it describes him he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation the firstborn from the dead in other words he did the will of god perfectly and he was raised from the dead and that's what colossians is all about at the beginning there Um, hebrews says the same sort of thing Um, in the sv it says the exact imprint of his nature in other versions, New King James, it talks about the express image of his person. You could look at and Jesus said this, you could look at Jesus and you could see the Father in the things that he said and in the character it 's interesting actually just to now look at having looked at those, look at the angels, look at the prophets, and look at Jesus uh, and see what how they revealed God to people um So, if we first of all think about, well, did they speak the words of God? Did they speak God's words? Well, angels did, for sure. Prophets definitely did. Uh, And Jesus did. And we've seen that in some of the verses we've looked at. Um, Did they speak as if they were God speaking? Well, angels did. But prophets didn't. Because they were men. They weren't immortal angels. They were men. And actually that confirms to us also that Jesus was a man. He wasn't God. He was a man, and he because he was the same, he didn't actually. He never spoke as if he was God, and, and there was one time when he was challenged for something. he said, "You say you say that because you and you um, make yourself as God," and Jesus turned it and he said, "You you are against me because I say I'm the Son of God." Even then, he didn't let them say that because it wasn't true. He's the son of God and he made that clear. He never ever speaks as if he is God because he isn't. Um, Did they use uh, the name or the titles of God? Well angels do routinely. Pretty much nearly every time you see um, God speaking to somebody in the Old Testament. It's actually an angel Uh, and, and it was a routine thing and they speak as if they are God. The prophets, well they said thus says the Lord. This is what God says but but they didn't take the name themselves they didn't present themselves as God and now they did Jesus and yet he was awarded the name we saw that in Philippians after his resurrection so he had a name which is above every name but even then it doesn't really describe him as having as, as, I'm not sure how to describe this but, but not in the same way as the angels let's put it that way but he had a name which was above every name that's at the name of Jesus every knee should bow does he act on God's behalf well angels clearly do um, prophets I put to a point only because they weren't always perfect in, in, in what they did because well there were men and women like us and they weren't always able to do that um, Jesus well he never sinned so so yes he did and we saw that in that he um, wanted to say parable but in that miracle uh, where he acted because he could forgive sins um, <coughs> Are they described as God in the narrative? Well, angels are, but prophets aren't, and Jesus aren't. Never, it never happened I suppose that's similar to the other one, isn't it? But um, you see the point, don't you? Um, that those things. So, so that's that's quite a useful thing, I think, to uh, understand. So, let's wrap things up. Let's have a think about it. It's one thing that Jesus said. He was challenged once about whether he should pay taxes to Caesar, um, and and he said, "Well, give me a coin." and have a look at it Who's, whose likeness and whose inscription does it have uh, and they said well Caesar's likeness and in inscription so he said this render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's and, and he was thinking back to the creation where it describes man as being created in the image of God and, and that's our responsibility really to, to try and do things in, in, to be like God in a way in the things that we do um, and, and in the things that we say so to, to reflect something of the image of God whether it's it's speaking the words of God whether it's forgiving like God forgives that's something that we can all do and that's a very powerful thing but this way that God shows himself to, to others is, is not just something that other people do but it's something that we can do too uh, and we're asked to to well repent is what he says not not be self-centered but to be God-centered to repent and change and to be baptized and to walk to the kingdom of God and to be well look at Jesus and be a little bit like Jesus because he was like God and and learn from that so that we can then show what God is like to one another and we can be, we can be changed to be like God. And God says that, that when the time comes, when the Lord Jesus returns to the earth, he'll set up a kingdom and we can actually be with him and he will come to the earth when, when we can be changed and be like him and live forever in that kingdom. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website,
1: Ormskirk Christadelphians dot org dot uk